Wolfing Down Food Science. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season three of Wolfing Down Food Science. In this season, we're going to talk about the connections between food science and nutrition. And we're going to break it down in the following ways. We're going to talk about what's on the label, what's on the food label, and then what's actually in the food um, that that food label describes. We're going to talk a little bit about short-term effects of food so things like comfort food junk food better for you food however you want to describe it and then we're going to talk about some of the long-term effects of food related to food science some of them beneficial some of them less beneficial so that is the beginning of this third season so we want to welcome you back and Teresa and Paige it is so good to have you all back let's get started I'm so happy that we can represent the bridge and the relationship between food science and nutrition science. I think that's um, how we've gathered as a podcast team. And this season's going to be great to explain how it all comes together to make the best products available on our market. I think sometimes it's really interesting that people seem to think that nutritionists and food scientists can't get along. Like we, we are coming at our food with different angles and they are opposing angles, but that's really not true. I think clearly our podcast team shows that we can all get along. So, right. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to hear um, different perspectives. Well, before the podcast started, we were just reminiscing a bit about valentine's uh valentine's i love day. valentine's day it's, it really has the best candy yes i think even above halloween <laughs> Ooh, that's that a hot a, take tall order okay although cadbury eggs for me are right up there but that's a whole different holiday so <laughs> the intention and emotion is so much different behind a valentine's day candy versus a Halloween candy. Halloween, Very you're scared much. for your life and you win it. It's <laughs> all about fear. Yeah. There you go. Valentine's is an act of a kind love. gesture. Yeah, yes. act of love. So I well, think it, it tastes extra good, extra sweet. Yeah. Do you, when you guys were little, did you do Valentine's in elementary school with all your schoolmates? Yes, you know, absolutely. You'd make the little container to get your Valentine's and then on a specific day, everybody would bring their Valentine's and hand them out to everybody's container. Did you guys do that? Yes. Or was it just me? <laughs> everybody got multiple Valentine's and you count yes. like how many Valentine's you got and compare that with your with your classmates. Yeah, and at that definitely. point in my when I was doing it, you gave out every to everyone. So you yeah. got a, you came home with 20 to 30 different types of candy and no one got left out either. Uh, that's a tradition I've really taken with me into this day. I'm now that Valentine's is coming up, I got to think of what I can give to my coworkers. This is a sweet treat. It's more about the the gesture for me of why I like it so much is because yes. it's it's a really nice uh, time to give someone something small, but also yummy. 
Dee's conversation hurts. <laughs> I do. I do. I like to specifically pick them out and give them as I see fit. You know? That's right. Make the message meaningful, even in the candy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Those are so interesting. They've developed over time, and they've um, the change. The sayings have changed us so much. So they were developed early 1900, and um, the sayings are are really, really different then, of course, compared to now. And they're still updating them. So. What do they used to say on them? Do you have any examples? Let's see. Um, let's see. <laughs> I'm looking at a website. Um, so it says candy heart sayings from the past 120 years. Boogie, cool dude, um, dream big, holla. Holla. <laughs> I see one that says, I like all your posts. So there, there you go. So that's like. That's like a false sentence. <laughs> super modern. I love it. Sweet pea. That's an old saying. Yeah. So, yeah, they they update them. 1-800-CUPID was apparently one at some point. Okay. (laughs) I know, right? Like, okay, sure. You you were saying that the Valentines, these these hearts used to be much bigger just to accommodate the message. Because some of them sound very Victorian, you know, in terms of the length of the message that's on this little heart. Something about please send me a lock of your hair by mail or something (laughs) like that. You know, some. Yes, you have a good memory. Message. Yes. (laughs) Very long message. Like send me parts of your being, your person. Like it just strange. (laughs) Oh, it just it just reminds me of like Wuthering Heights or, you know, those so sort of Victorian novels. Right. um, Those kind of things. uh, Sense and sensibility and all that stuff. I'm glad so, they've been uh, updating them. Yes, yes. <laughs> that would be odd. <laughs> so, so conversation hearts are one type of Valentine candy, and essentially sugar and probably some starch, and then you know pressing mm-hmm. that that message in there, maybe with a little bit of food coloring and a little bit of flavor. So, um, so pretty Very low simple. key in terms of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that got us talking about this was just like these little things that may happen once a year, like these candies that just sort of appear and then they're gone for the whole year. And kind of the nutritional side of that um, versus uh, things that we might consume every day. Right. Chocolate as well um, has such a well, sorry, I don't know. Chocolate might be more year around than something like the candy hearts. Oh, it's year round. It is year round, round, but (laughs) it comes year round at Keith's desk. (laughs) (laughs) Mine too, I have to say. (laughs) Maybe not always in heart form though. So it definitely has some seasonal application. Yeah, certainly. I think that can really arouse your emotional satisfaction levels and, and make it that perfect sweet treat because it is not only delicious but it's also occasional and seasonal so it's not like too much where you're you're used to it well and like you said it it gives you um all the feels I think that's the appropriate saying Mm -hmm. dating myself now um (laughs) (laughs) it's not a saying that's from my generation Uh, but it just it makes you happy right 
it can and make you happy and make you feel good. And food definitely has the ability to do that when we enjoy it. Um, and that can impact the, the nutritional effects of it by reducing stress and how our body is is dealing with that. Right. And just to just to keep it nerdy, there was a, a 2015 paper that came out called Stress Exposure, Food Intake and Emotional State. And it was basically talking about this idea of of the consumption of foods that we like, comfort foods, if you will, and uh, and how this uh, every once in a while consumption was a stress relief. So it appears that consuming things that you like that are sweet or that are very palatable to you, that seems to be a stress relief as opposed to the idea of consuming some of these things every day or in very high quantities, which, you know, certainly could have some some uh, some negative uh, some negative health effects. So I, I think, um, you know, that to me is an interesting one, especially with regard to to these holidays like Valentine's that once a year you sort of are thinking about this 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 uh this candy or particular set of candies and i think Paige, you had like a list of candies that are popular around the country i didn't realize that there was such a such a diversity of of likes in terms of candy around the country so it's not like you know it's not like every part of the country likes the same valentine candy right it's very true, um, and there have been different surveys that have told us a little bit about which part of the country likes different types of candies. Um, so in the Midwest, conversation hearts are actually pretty popular. All right. <laughs> and interestingly, in um, Kentucky and Wyoming, they lean toward chocolate roses specifically. Okay, well, run for the roses in Kentucky. That makes sense. Kentucky yeah, Derby, right? That's true. Okay. So I make, that makes sense. Linkage. I'm not right. sure about the Arizona thing, but Kentucky, I get that. Yeah. So um, North Carolina. Let's see. North Carolina goes for chocolate. Oh, it looks like filled chocolates. Hmm. So the the heart, the little box that is heart shaped that has all the different. Um, chocolates that have different fillings that if you're a really bad person, you smash them to see what's in the middle and then eat the ones you want. <laughs> yeah. Those. <laughs> so there's lots of, lots of variety there. Alabama um, really likes candy necklaces, apparently. Ooh. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of an interesting take on that. But. I remember the candy bracelets. Mm-hmm. I don't remember candy necklaces, but I do remember these little sort of candy bracelets with the elastic. Yes. Yeah, you know? that's it. Yeah, that's def- definitely remember those. Yeah. Yeah. I just think a supersized version and you've got the necklace. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's lots of different um, candy that, that people like out there. But if you just look at the United States map as the, the different types of candy, chocolate definitely dominates. M&M's, um, Hershey's Kisses, and filled chocolates, and of course the the random uh, chocolate rose. There we go. I think chocolate in particular must have some uh, compounds besides sugar that you said was mm-hmm. the basic component for those conversation hearts that really hits a sweet spot, literally in our in our moods <laughs> and 
it makes us feel so good. I know from a study I read from the Center of Human Pharmacology out in Australia, they determined that there is tryptophan in chocolate, which is an amino acid found uh, to help make serotonin in your brain or basically the neurotransmitter that makes us feel happy and satisfied and content. Um, and are there any other components that you can think of in chocolate that might particularly make us feel good? Well, I think the first thing to, to me, uh, from a food science perspective, I'm always trying to trying to think about, well, OK, what is actually in this chocolate? Because there's such a wide range. You know, when we talk about milk chocolate and then even dark chocolate, there's a huge range of what is is in these different types. So maybe just kind of thinking about what's there. Um, uh, milk chocolate, as it sounds, has uh, has some some dairy added to it. And so um, while I absolutely love dairy, you're essentially diluting out those those compounds in chocolate, which may be uh, may be potentially beneficial. And those would be, again, to get nerdy, um, called Flavan three alls. So so those those compounds are also found or, or sort of cousins of those compounds, if you will, are found in in things like um, green tea and uh, and also in in apples, in um, in uh, the skins of peanuts. If you eat the if you eat the kind that have like the, the skins on, I think they call them Spanish, Spanish peanuts, peanuts here in the U.S. Um, so there are a variety of food sources that have these these uh, particular compounds that may have long term benefits on heart health if you consume them. Uh, not just on Valentine's Day, but if you consume them at the right level um, for a long period of time. But most of these are associated with uh, higher levels of uh, of cocoa and lower levels of things like dairy. So it would be more like a, a dark chocolate and then a dark chocolate that was produced without what we call dutching. So there's a whole episode that we need to really do to unpack this chocolate thing. But Suffice it to say that I would, you know, I would think that with chocolate, you have those Flavan triols may be beneficial for your heart if you're consuming them at the right dose for long periods. You have methylxanthines. Those are uh, caffeine and its relatives. And those are pick-me-ups um, if you mm. eat enough. And then, um, and then of course, you have sugar, uh, for, typically in, in chocolate. Most people don't, don't consume chocolate as a sugar-free food. So I think those three together, I would say, would be the one that the ingredients that that really drive a lot of what chocolate does, um, whether we're eating it just one day of the year or, or every day of the year. Mm-hmm. So Keith, if you were to eat um, cocoa powder in something, I don't recommend a big spoonful of cocoa powder, <laughs> but if you were to put, say, a spoonful of cocoa powder um, in your coffee in the morning, and I believe it's natural cocoa powder rather than Dutch cocoa powder, um, and it'll say that on the label. Right. Um, is that isolating the label three alls? Are you concentrating those by eating just the cocoa powder and getting all the fiber from that as well, since it's super high in fiber? Right. Yeah. So the flavan three alls are in what we would what we look at is the cocoa powder. So they're not in the cocoa butter. Um, there are some 
there are some uh, uh, some fats in the cocoa butter that may be considered to be healthy fats. Um, but uh, but if we talk about those Flavan Threols, they're in that cocoa powder. Um, but we should mention, and this is kind of where we get into like how much, like how much do we need? I think I think in many ways we're still trying to figure that out from a scientific perspective. How much would you need to consume every day over you know a period of years to have a, a strong benefit? But but uh, cocoa powder is mostly fiber, as Paige was suggesting. There's a little tiny bit of those Flavan Threols. They're not a lot even in even in cocoa powder so these these things are present in very low quantities and uh, that actually may be a good thing because some of these things that are helpful in small quantities are not helpful in larger quantities and so it may be good that that cocoa powder if you put it in your coffee um is uh has has a lot of fiber and a little bit of these flavan threols Dose is important in any medication, even when you're talking about food oh, yeah. being used as medicine. Yep. So. Well, there's some uh, companies. So so Mars has pursued a line of products called Cocovia uh, for for years. And uh, and so that's one. If you're interested in looking looking up an example of this where they've actually tried to uh to standardize, meaning they've tried to, to give a certain amount of these things in a serving of chocolate or what have you. Um, and so other companies have tried to do that. But that's just a particular example. If you're if you're interested, we can we can put that in the show notes so you can you can check it out if you want to. But for now, we can rely on our Valentine's coming up <laughs> to get all that's those. Right. All of those uh, Flavo three alls and sugars <laughs> and everything else we might be craving. Yep. Yep. Most definitely. Caffeine. Keith, I think one of the my favorite things that you say is everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of discussion lately about the idea of honoring your cravings. And I I kind of agree with that statement to a limited degree where certainly, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're trying to follow a healthy diet, occasionally having say a Valentine's day candy or something like that, I think is, is great because I think it can have that stress relieving property. Um, and then if you go back to that, to that typically healthy uh, diet, then uh, that seems to work. That seems to work quite well. So, yeah, uh, I do think that every once in a while, like uh, just enjoying some wonderful dessert or or chocolate or even conversation hearts, if that's your thing, um, <laughs> can be actually quite helpful and, and stress relieving. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up soon. So what are you all expecting to uh, to receive in terms of this uh, wonderful candy or whatever? Any anything you're expecting to receive? Um, no, I can't expect anything, but I certainly will be bringing something to the table. I'll get oh. the the chocolates lined up and, okay. the, and the candy hearts. But I was thinking when I saw my um, 
when I saw my fork drawer, I keep a lot of my hot sauce packets in there, leftover mm-hmm. from Taco Bell. And all of their <laughs> hot sauces have these great sayings on them that are like, be mine, and I like you, and that's so hot, and things like that. <laughs> so I might just I might just be uh, dispersing those um, as a new twist to the season, make it spicy this year. Okay, I like once, it. <laughs> once, once again, Teresa is becoming the trendsetter, showing it is better to give than to receive. But also, who knew hot sauce could be useful for Valentine's yes. Day? I had no idea. That's oh, pretty yeah. cool. Conversational hot sauce. I saw, <laughs> I saw them use a hot sauce package for like a proposal once. Oh my goodness. And someone was on one knee and said, marry me oh. on a hot sauce package. <laughs> that, is, that is a devotee of Taco Bell, I'm telling you. I mean, wow. aren't we all? <laughs> well, I hope that they played salsa music at their wedding. Oh, I yes. hope so too. Yes. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's a good time to end it. Yeah. Before Here's to, to giving rather than receiving. Yes. <laughs> Spread All right. If you'd like to find out more about our podcast, Wolfing Down Food Science, please check us out at NCSU's Food Bioprocessing and Nutrition Science website, where you can find our show notes, reference links, and more. You can find out more about NC State, our department, and FS201, the amazing course that has brought us all together, on our website as well. Please don't forget to subscribe to Wolfing Down Food Science wherever you stream your podcasts like Spotify and iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to Wolfing Down Food Science. See you next time.